0: Ben, thanks very much for, for coming on today. Uh, I know you're awesome. obviously busy in what you're doing in terms of the transitioning right now. Uh, it's always good to catch up with uh, good coaches in the industry, so um, I do appreciate you, you taking the time today. Uh, but also, I think the main important question is right now, um, to those listening to the podcast right now, just just give us a bit of, bit of background. Uh, who is Ben?
1: Who is Ben? Gosh, <laughs> my uh, my wife's in the kitchen, I'm sure she'd have some words to say. <laughs> uh, gosh, who is Ben? Um, nobody very exciting really. Uh, I'm a personal trainer coach at a gym in West Sussex uh, called The Performance Project. Um, I've been a PT for I think a little over three years, going on four years, so not too long in the grand scheme of things. Uh, play a little bit of uh, egg chasing in my spare time.
0: <laughs> what's that? What's that like now that, that we're well? We're obviously in a in a tough time uh, at the moment, and I think uh, for myself uh, and obviously for you as well, rugby is a big part of our lives, and for that to be taken away uh, due to obviously certain circumstances going on right now. How are you managing to to, to cope with it?
1: Uh, not too bad. I think, like with everything, you've just got to find other things to occupy yourself. Um, I mean, for me, there's, and I'm sure for a lot of people, there's plenty of other things we could be getting on with. Uh, so it's just making those the priority. It is difficult because obviously the season got cut short. Um, we had we had a few games left to go under our belts that would have been fun to play in, uh, but it this thing's completely out of everybody's control. So there's no point getting too
0: bent up on it because there's nothing that we can do about it, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing, and I think even transitioning into work life as well. Now you're, you're coaching uh, quite a lot at, at performance projects, and uh, I think uh, uh, I'm I'm very excited by the certain technologies and the certain ways that you coach people using. Um, using the body, how it should really be used. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is uh, actually looking at the bone structure and the movement patterns uh, and how the body actually performs an exercise. And uh, I don't know if that's something that you've, you've wanted to do from the start or whether or not you've self-educated from that. Well, what's been the, the reasoning behind the way that you coach?
1: Uh, well, well, for me, it's always been asking uh, just asking questions of everything really um i i I, when it comes to to coaching and the body and all that kind of stuff I'm, i'm naturally i'd say quite inquisitive and so whenever an issue or anything arose i would always kind of just ask why why is that happening um and the more you kind of you delve into that kind of stuff, and you look for answers, and you go down certain rabbit holes, the more this kind of stuff evolves, um, and the more that you you start to learn that there's so much going on that we need to be aware of as as coaches, uh, and that and it, it's just kind of come about naturally, I guess. It, it, I mean, when I first got got qualified as a PT. Uh, I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff. It wasn't even on my radar. Um, and it's just the more you ask questions, the more rabbit holes you go down. The, the more naturally this this stuff just kind of comes up,
0: uh, and it, it's kind of led me to where I am now. Okay, so in in terms of the evolution of your education, and I, I noticed uh, with um. A lot of your training methodologies has that come from one specific source or has it come from a variety of different sources
1: a variety of different sources um, and a, a lot of it has just come from recommendations from people basically so i think from from the early days of of when I first became a i mean even before I became a personal trainer, before I actually got qualified, I was going to, to I was going to seminars uh, to learn, to learn, you know, to learn how to be a better coach. Um, and then you meet people at those seminars and they'll recommend other seminars. They'll recommend courses. You go on those courses, you meet more people there. You, you get connections on social media with people. They recommend courses. You go on those. Uh, and then it's all just a, a combination of lots of different courses uh, meeting lots of different people and then, uh, again, asking asking a lot of questions, um, being very sceptical and then kind of finding what it is that sits well with you, what lies well with, with your ethos and what you believe in.
0: No, that's massive. That is... <sighs> That's part of the reason why coaches have a defined area that they specialize in. Uh, and I think that that's why you're able to do so well is that you actually use a, a lot of the questioning uh, behind how the body moves uh, in its natural form. Uh, one in particular area that really stood out to me is that you've been to uh, a lot of Integra education um, seminars. Uh, yeah. just. In terms of your coaching experience, and I know the basic philosophy behind Integra and what they what they do, uh, but for you, how have you been able to transition it into practically applying that with your clients?
1: Well, straight away, basically. I mean, what what uh, for anyone that, that isn't aware of Integra, um, Integra Education is a uh, a business run by. Uh, in the UK a guy called Michael Golden, but it was originally set up by uh, Tom Purvis in America and he runs a company called Resistance Training Specialists um, and RTS as it's known is taught by Michael and his company Integral Education in the UK and he's the only person in the UK that, that teaches it um, it's, it's very advanced but what it, it teaches you is to look at absolutely everything on an individualized level. So there's absolutely no black and white whatsoever. Um, right down to the the real minutiae of what's going on uh, within the body and how you then build a training program completely around that individual and how they're structured how they're built what their goal is how they execute movements what sort of skill level they have how much how many training years they have under their belt all that kind of stuff so it it completely takes away any of the absolutes that you may get taught when you first do your your PT qualification and for me especially with uh, clients it, it first of all makes the client feel good which is the most important thing because you're going into such a level of detail with them that immediately in their head they're saying wow I'm really getting my money's worth and for for you as a coach it's extremely exciting as well because you've got this person in front of you and you get to figure out all of this cool stuff and you get to build, build exercises and and put programs together that are completely tailored to the person that's in front of you. It's not just taking the easy route and, and copying pasting plans that you found (laughs) on Google or that you've written to somebody in the past, you know? Uh, So it, it completely changes the client experience. And, and if you're somebody like me that, that finds this stuff really exciting, it, completely invigorates the coaching experience as well
0: it's truly amazing when you when you look at someone and, and when you actually define the specifics that actually work for them individually yeah i think that that's something that that's where our coaching abilities get tested is because people will then see, well why are we actually prescribing that exercise to actually for a specific reason that we can actually justify a lot of coaches you'll see yeah like you say picking up programs from from google from youtube and they're trying to replicate that with their with their clients oh. and it's uh for for them it it, it really it's it's not a, it's not a great thing but you're able to actually go in uh assess the body uh, and actually see that it, 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 how it actually moves correctly and then actually targeting a specific muscle group to actually activating it effectively um now with that being said are, are you finding that you'll have to spend longer on a specific uh, on a uh, specific muscle group or are you tending to to scan the whole body to be able to fixing lots of things in one go because i know that there's a lot to it uh, but what would how how do you run run things now that you've taken that information on board? Uh,
1: so, g- generally, the, the the way it starts would be it, you know the, you have that first sit down with the client, you have that that initial consultation, and you'll look at injury history, uh, training that they've done in the past, um, anything that they struggle with, what, what they have and haven't enjoyed, uh, what movements they like, what they want to. Uh, any specific muscle groups that they want to target and all that kind of stuff. And then we would usually, it, it normally takes me about, I'd say about maybe five or six sessions before I even begin to think about putting a program together. Uh, because we spend those those sessions testing out lots of different movements uh, and lots of different exercises. Uh, coupled with assessments for what completely works for them and and working around any limitations that they might have that we may need to address further along in the training cycle. Um, So let's just take an example of a client comes in and says, I want a bigger chest. <laughs> you know. Okay. not Yeah. Isn't it? You know, I want, I want, I want a bigger chest. Beach season's coming up. So, like, okay, cool. Well, let's have a look at that first. So, we made you like a real small assessment of. Okay, let's just have a look at the way that your torso is structured. We'll look at the size of the rib cage, the, the angle of the rib cage. We'll look at uh, what's going on around the shoulder, uh, where the shoulder blades sit. Uh, we'll look at the spine, how much movement do they have in the spine? You, you'll look at the, the the length of the limbs, so the length of the humerus, length of the forearm. We'll have a look at, at wrists, what's going on, flexion extension of wrists if we're, we're contemplating pressing. Um, and then we'll say, okay, cool, so you've got X, Y, and Z available. Um, you don't have X, Y, and Z available. So let's now try and piece together an exercise that, suits all of those things and it may seem faffy but in in the long term if that client's going to be with you for a long time this this stuff's crucial in the beginning stages and once you become accustomed with this stuff like an assessment like that might take you 30 45 seconds and then you throw them into an exercise you have a look at it how does that feel? Oh, not too great. Okay, cool. Let's let's change things up. How does that feel? Yeah, that, that feels pretty good. And then once you've got that exercise set up, then it's the case of, cool. So now we need to go over how you're going to execute that movement. What cues am I going to use? How am I going to get the client to get the most out of this exercise? And you, But generally, I would just work through every single muscle group that way. <laughs> To the point where, like I said, after maybe five or six sessions, you've got, you know, you've got a, a group of, you know, fifteen to twenty exercises, full body that we can go through in each one of those sessions.
0: That's it's fantastic though when you can start piecing together the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, a lot of people's assessments are very different across the industry, uh, and it's interesting that you that you really. Go through every single part of it, uh, not just saying, "Well, look, okay, let's look at getting you a bigger chest." It's looking at the other areas as well because we don't want to obviously neglect them because the whole body needs to move uh, correctly. Um, one thing that I wanted to pick up on then, once once you've got that area to a point of where it's 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 um, performing correctly, uh, one area that people may see through your Instagram profile is that you use the cuff technology uh, in a lot of your exercises. Uh, I would say my, in my experience that it's uh, an advanced technique, uh, but it can also provide uh, stimulus directly on the primary muscle. Uh, just give me a bit of a, well, obviously give me a little bit of a rundown of how you do that, but also... Uh, explain your reasoning behind that, because I think it's really interesting.
1: Okay, so uh, using cuffs isn't isn't necessarily a technique to to get more uh, activation or stimulus out of a muscle. It, 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 using cuffs is is all about decreasing uh, joint forces through whatever uh, whatever joint we're will be the main mover within whatever exercise we're performing. Um, so, for an example, if we take a lateral raise, where we're looking at the shoulder, uh, if we're doing it on a cable, so if I have the if I have the cable in my hand and I've got I've got the, the handle in my hand and I, I take that I take I abduct my arm and take it out to the side. The the distance between my there'll be a certain distance between my joint the shoulder and where that load is placed in my hand and with that will come a a specific amount of joint force so there'll be an x number of forces going through that shoulder joint now with something like the shoulder being an incredibly vulnerable joint and typically a, a weak joint if I am able to create a scenario where i can reduce the amount of force that's going through the joint but still stimulate that muscle fully and with enough mechanical tension then i'm going to want to do it because i'm going to be protecting the joint so if i can somehow move the force closer to the joint uh that's what i'm going to do and that's where a cuff comes in so if i can attach if i can attach a cuff to my elbow and perform that lateral raise that way i've immediately halved the amount of force that's going through that joint which is going to which is going to make the movement a lot safer uh, and it's going to mean that i can train that movement and i can train that that muscle for a longer longer period of time i mean we're talking you know, 20, 30 years for the, for the guys that want to train that long.
0: So it's reducing the forces and uh, increasing the well, the, the longevity of the joint.
1: Yeah. I it's, uh, it's looking... looked at
0: the cuff technology as a way of uh, increasing stimulus to one muscle group whilst reducing the tension. So that's the way I've looked at it. Uh, but knowing that it's obviously protecting it and obviously increasing the longevity is definitely something that, that I would uh, recommend people doing as, as you as you've just explained there uh, it's a technology that that not necessarily a lot of people would know about and it's great to see that that we're able to have that in our in our yeah. lifetime uh, uh, it's obviously seeing people's health being prolonged uh, in terms of technologies then moving forwards uh, what, what do you see happening over the next three to five years uh, as as a Oh, as an accompaniment of uh, of cuff training,
1: uh, I mean it's difficult to say because obviously I see a lot of stuff because it's it's it, it's the world that I've placed myself within. Um, mm. But I mean there will still be a lot of people that have n- that, that have never even heard or seen this stuff. Um, so from from the the world that I'm in and and from the way that I see things. And and the people that I follow, uh, I can only I can I can only imagine more stuff coming out, more more ways to create better exercises, safer exercises for people. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of people out there now that are kind of preaching this stuff that have got big followings. Um, mm. So, I hope you know, I'd like to see this style of training become more popular with people especially trainers um and I, I i i'd like to see that the more that this stuff gets gets posted about that people open their minds up a little bit more because uh, i think from the outside looking in it it looks you know oh this is too much faff why do we need to bother doing that you know it's always it's always been old oh, bench press for a big chest shoulder press yeah. for big shoulders that kind of stuff and and to an extent you do need those movements but they're not the be all and end all you can uh, I mean a, uh, I can't remember who it was now someone once said to me your body has no idea what a mass building exercise is your your body has no idea that a bench press is going to get you a bigger chest all your body knows is what what's being done to that muscle um I think it was uh, Chris Knott who's a guy that I follow a lot he just said a dog doesn't know it's a dog it just does dogs dog things
0: yeah I've heard that from from my grandparents I think I've heard that yeah. from yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so so
1: for a muscle your muscle just does what your brain tells it to do so if I want to get a bigger chest then I'm going to want to train that chest through its fully lengthened, to its fully shortened range. Um, and whatever exercise that I can get to do that properly without compromising my joints um, and with what, what fits my structure and everything, it, it's going to grow. Um, it has no idea what exercise you're doing. It just knows that it's being told to do to do X movement um so that's uh, i'd I'd like to see there be more of a shift into that way of thinking when it comes to training Mm.
0: Uh, it'd be interesting to see what is what's what's going to happen uh going on on to the performance aspects of things do do you feel that they'll start implementing these technologies in the performance world uh because i've not seen many many principles like this used uh, at the higher level Mm uh but i don't know that there is a place for it obviously uh what what do you think
1: there definitely is a place for it and i it 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 depends on where you place it i think when it comes to sports performance Uh, and it it will obviously depend on the sport um for a sport like bodybuilding it's going to be huge um But then when we take – let's take a sport like rugby, for example. Rugby is a fast, powerful game. You're going to want to do fast, powerful movements. And you're going to want to train in a way that will accompany the way that you play. You play and you train within the game. Uh, But you you have to obviously do that safely. So I would say I would generally – and I mean I do it for myself – Especially, I would like to see these tools used in sports performance, perhaps more from a rehabilitation or prehabilitation point of view, um, getting people up to a level where they can then progress into the more powerful movements required for a, required for say a game, not just arresting someone and getting to, them to a point where, okay, cool, right, now we're going to throw you into this movement uh, because I mean, especially with the way that the game's being played professionally now, there's so many injuries and you, you could, and the amount of time that's taken out to rehab a lot of people is quite long um, and you could possibly shorten that time by implementing these tools
0: yeah, if we look at a, uh, uh, for instance, um, uh, a shoulder injury. Okay, we're we're going to talk about rugby because it's both our mm-hmm. it's both sports. Uh, we know it in and out. Uh, let's look at a shoulder injury now. If, if someone takes that into, so for instance, they um, they tear tear a part of their trap mm-hmm. or something. Okay, uh, the impact or an impact injury to the mm-hmm. to the shoulder. All right, if we could say implement cuff exercises three weeks into a rehabilitation program versus six weeks. You're saying that from what we originally discussed in terms of prolonging the joint and repairing the joint, I reckon if if they could actually insert this, uh, a smaller scale type training of it using cuff technology, it would, it would massively increase it is what is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: I think so because if you've got a joint, you know, let's say if you, if you do have a shoulder that's compromised, um, but you, you want to train the muscles around that shoulder to get it stronger. Um, yeah. But, let, I mean, let's take a, a lateral raise, for example. Let's say you're doing a dumbbell lap raise. If if your joint isn't strong enough to withstand the forces going through it, when you take that dumbbell all the way out to the sides, then you're not going to be able to train it effectively. But if, but if, you, but if you can yeah. pull... If you can reduce the amount of force going through the joint, but at the same time still be able to place a, a, enough stimulus on that that muscle to to help it grow and get stronger, then it's going to drastically reduce the amount of time taken to get that joint to a position where you're able to go into into more you can say, contact work
0: yeah a combination a combination of uh low resistance uh but obviously increasing the stimulus around the area that's affected is obviously going to increase the re- rate yeah. of repair if we combine that with manual therapy uh, at the same time we're also going to only increase it even further to rehabilitating re- it to a point of where it can actually get back into into as you say into the contact areas yeah. uh, which is yeah. massive because uh, a lot of people like you say that they're looking at this and they're thinking, oh, this is just faffing about, like, why am I doing this? But if you were to put someone in a position where um, they're, say, for instance, doing an incline uh, rear rear flies, okay, incline um, prone rear flies and had the cuffs attached to their arms, then I can guarantee you they would definitely be uh, a lot better in terms of repairing the joint and increasing their range and also strengthening up their the rear delts to 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 fix their posture at the same time
1: yeah exactly and and, and, i mean if we look at that movement specifically like a rear delt fly uh you've also got to look at what other muscles uh, are getting involved as well that might take stimulus off the intended muscle that you want to train so if we take something like a rear delt fly if we say i'm just standing and i'm doing it with a cable I've got my arm. I've got my arms out in front of me with the, the cables in my hands, and I pull. Uh, I pull. Yeah, on to the there, and I pull those cables out to do that fly. And I've got the handle in my hand there. I'm also now creating. Uh, I'm not only doing a rear delt challenge, but I'm also placing uh, load onto the tricep. Um, I'm also it putting load on bicep as well i'd be stretching that bicep there as well so there's lots of other stuff that's coming into play um i'm also putting up you know pressure through the wrist uh, at the same time there there's a there's a grip challenge as well uh so there's all those little things to think about when you're performing that yeah. movement however if i can stick uh, again a cuff at my elbow um and i can have my arms out in front of me and I can almost treat it like a as if I'm doing a press. So if I have my arms out in front of me and I I pull my elbows back behind me as if I was doing some sort of press, but I've got those cuffs there and all I'm training there is those, those rear delts and the muscles around the rear delts. I'm not really getting anything else involved.
0: So I'm, yeah, so you're changing the angle to obviously promote different stimulus. Uh, not so much
1: change changing the angle. The uh, angle of the the angle of the, ca- the, the, angle of the cable guess. is still pulling in the exactly same direction. Um, I'm just again, I'm just placing where where I'm placing the load or or the attachment of the load at the, their elbow. It, it's taking everything else out of the way. So it's it, it's okay, okay. No, no, I get you. So I, it's placing more of a challenge on the rear delts and taking challenge away from the other muscles that might be involved if I was holding that cable in my hand. And at the same time, we're again reducing joint forces around the elbow in that example, and also around the shoulder.
0: amazing how much different different ways that you can change the body's way it perceives a force and a reaction it's it's amazing yeah um i think that that partly as well that's going to change in terms of bone length and bone structure surely or is it is it purely individual say that again I was I was going to say so in terms of um, a different individual that you come across uh, that's got different uh-huh. uh, lever lengths, okay? Their forces are going to change significantly versus each other, aren't they? Yeah, massively. Yeah,
1: hugely. But, you know, if you've got if if you're like me and you've got uh, like long orangutan arms, <laughs> you, you know, if I take that, if I again use an example of a lat raise, if if I take that dumbbell out to the side, it's going to be a huge amount of force going through that shoulder because the the resistance is so far away from the joint whereas if you take someone that's probably got like really short arms um or really short humerus and yeah it's it's going to change things uh but what we want to do is is limit joint force as much as possible so that we can protect the joint but at the same time still place um enough uh, tension on on that intended muscle as possible to help it grow that's
0: truly amazing uh are, are you in terms of your own personal health are you see, have you seen significant changes in, in the way that your body is responding now now when i say responding i mean when you're being able to transition from the gym to to the pitch are you have you found there's been changes since using the cough technology or are you finding that you're still training the same and getting the same responses.
1: My training has changed a lot. I mean there's movements now that i I used to do that I don't do at all uh they just don't suit my structure um and they don't they don't suit uh the way that I can execute things uh, and also working around you know old niggly injuries as well um so i i I mean I took a season off last season um through injury. And spent a good year or so just working on this stuff um I'm definitely not picking up as as many niggles as I used to I'm my the, I'm definitely able to train uh, a lot harder than I used to because of this stuff um, and'm I'm, I'm finding that it, it's definitely helping my performance as well so it's, it's drastically changed uh,
0: my the way that I train and, and perform yeah hundred percent. That's amazing. I've not, I've noticed that in terms of my my training as well is that I'm finding things that are working better for me. I've not actually used the uh, the the cuff technology, but I've been using resistance bands. to obviously seeing different areas that I can in, increase the the lengthening of the joint and and also keeping it under tension. So it's it's great to see how we can incorporate other areas, and I will be sure to 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 try the the cuff technology, it's obviously in reducing the, the forces, uh, especially through for my shoulders. I'm like you, I play <laughs> in the back row, mate. I'm just, I'm always constantly making tackles. Uh, and I feel like if I don't do something even more, um, I'm not going to be uh, tackling those 12s and 13s, the 10s, 12s and 13s and number eights and putting them on their arse <laughs> for much longer. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, in terms of... Uh, you're obviously looking to the future now. There's obviously a lot of things happening in the way of rugby. Uh, what, what do you see happening? How, how long do you see there not being any rugby for?
1: God, how long's a piece of string? Uh, I, I mean, it's tough. Um, I'd like to think that this whole thing will be blown over so that we can start the season on time. Uh, hopefully, maybe start pre-season in August, get games underway by September as, as scheduled. But uh, who knows, really? It's, it's an odd time for everybody. Nobody really, really knows what's going on, do they?
0: Yeah, true, true. I think it's it, it's going to be interesting. And a lot of, obviously, the premiership clubs and a lot of the clubs around our areas as well uh, are going to be changing the way they do things for, for next season. So it'll huh. be interesting to see what happens. Um, but for yourself... Uh, you're obviously focusing on on some areas whilst uh, in this downtime. If you've got a bit of time that you can do a bit of training, a bit of a bit of personal health, uh, and uh, what what are you doing? I've
1: got a few I've got a few bits of kit here that I can do some stuff. Um, so i I mean, like everybody will be manufacturing new exercises that you can do from home. Uh, obviously, all within the realms of what we're all capable of. I think. One thing that you you see quite a bit of is you've got this this ethos of how you train things. Then everyone gets told to train at home, and that doesn't mean that everything that you believed in within the gym goes completely out the window. And everybody now starts doing thirty minute hit sessions. It, you have <laughs> you have to to within the realms of what you have available, still stick to that. To that belief system, to make sure that the clients are training safely and effectively. And if anything, this is a this is an incredible time for PTs to massively upskill themselves in terms of how they cue, how they cue people's execution, how they communicate with people because they're not if they're not there in person to to get hands-on. Um, so I think you'll probably mm. see a lot of coaches come out of this thing with a much higher skill level, which is pretty cool um but i've got some kit here at home i've got some bands i've got some cuffs i've got some dumbbells i've got some handles uh obviously i've got my own body weight and bits and bobs so i think i'll be all right i'm gonna i'm still gonna carry on training but uh there's house jobs to be done as well gives you time to do the things that you don't normally prioritize uh
0: yeah, that's uh, a massive thing right now I'm, I'm certainly doing the same as well prioritising what what things can be done around the house but also at the same time to just taking care of myself a bit more uh, I think there's a lot of time for that, there's a lot of time for, for taking care of yourself and making sure that you've addressed other areas in your body that you need to start paying more yeah, attention I mean. uh, like you say the, the coaching cues is a big thing. I think a lot of people will come out more experienced, and they'll come out a bit more more empathetic, uh, and not just thinking that they know it all. is 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 something that that I think personally. That yeah, happens. definitely, I agree. And probably a lot more appreciative of uh, the equipment that they
1: have available when they go back to the gym.
0: Now that's huge. Well, look. Ben, thank you very much for for coming on the show today. Uh, I think there's some definitely big points that we can touch on in the future. And uh, before, uh, well, obviously, we'll look to to see what happens with your journey along the way. And uh, be sure to check out his Instagram profile, uh, which is ben underscore performance. And... uh, yeah, let's let's see what the future has cool, in, yeah, much. in store for us. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thank you very much, Ben. Cheers. Bye bye.